Yes, it's that time of the week again where we take your calls on 04-423-1010 or you can SMS us on 4001. And uh, yeah, get involved in the conversation. Ask your questions to Dr. Lucinda Natras from DKC Veterinary Clinic and Todd Carson, Managing Partner of Dubai Kennels and Cattery. So any questions on your pet or animal when it comes to their health, their well-being, diet, nutrition, their boarding or relocation needs. So they're the numbers to get involved in the discussion this morning and send your questions through. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about unresolved health issues in your pet. Does your pet have a health problem that does not seem to go away? It can't be resolved. You may have been to the vet more than once, but it's recurring. It's still there. Let us know about it on 4001. And we've got animal news stories. We're going to be taking a look at the news stories that's been all over the social media over the last few days with the Yulin Festival in China. Thousands of dogs and cats were slaughtered uh, despite government crackdown. That's the headline coming out of one of the news reports from the UK. And looking at Puss in Boots, the globe-trotting cat Aussie, who somehow made his way from Australia to Northern Ireland via London. And he's 25 years of age age. We'll be getting into those news stories in a few moments and listen out for the clues this morning. Mystery Animal Competition. Todd is the keeper of the clues. He's going to be revealing three clues throughout the next hour. So listen out and those correct answers will go into the draw and you could win a two-month supply of pet food thanks to Royal Cannon. Good morning, Dr. Lucinda and Todd. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Yep. Thank you. Have I warned you that I can't read, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> no? but it'll be good practice All for right, you. Okay. There you go. Right, okay. And um, I've been <laughs> Looking at your Facebook page this week and lots yes. of activity. It's always busy, your page, but yes. um, puppies being born and yes. all sorts going yes. on. Yes, yes. It was just a couple of days ago, right? It was I can't last remember Thursday. Which, the Thursday. Yeah, so it was a last couple Thursday. who owns the pet uh, brought them in, uh, brought him in, and uh, brought her in, and and they had to do a cesarean, eh? Yeah, yeah. The first puppy came naturally, but then there was a problem. So. Dr. Julia did a cesarean, and um, seven, I think there were seven, seven or six little black and white cute puppies mm. were born. It was really nice. Yeah, yeah really and, we, nice. And, we, and we so we posted just a little post-surgical video and a few pictures, and, uh, and to my amazing surprise, there were, uh, there were several commentators who, who were critical that, that people shouldn't be having their own puppies and breeding, and they should be getting abandoned pets. So, uh, you know, there were, there were quite a few people who were very excited about the images as well. So it was, it was kind of a both sides being represented. I was a bit taken aback, actually, because we were just, I don't know, we were just trying to post something wonderful. You yeah. know? That, that's all. So it became <laughs> a, a bit of a discussion on the page, which was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> that's the me, nature of social media, though, isn't it? Media, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. But, uh, well, they're all doing well, and that's good. Yeah. And it's kind of nice. And it kind of ties in nicely with what you're going to be doing at the clinic in Mm. the next few weeks, isn't it? You're going to be regularly posting up little insights into. Yes. Okay. Uh, Well, we're just we're just setting it up now. But uh, we've uh, within the next couple of weeks, we're going to start a, a weekly uh, posting of 30 to 60 second videos and we're calling it uh, a moment in the life of a veterinary clinic and it, and the idea is um, to not I mean it, it's not going to be heavy stuff but we're gonna we're gonna try and show you just little snippets of, of what's actually happening in a veterinary clinic real stuff uh, we're not going to show you blood and gore of surgicals of course uh, face Facebook has very strict policies on what can be posted anyway but uh, no the idea is to try to get uh, past the marketing of 
what a veterinary clinic or a business like ours is and to give people uh, a genuinely interested insight into little snippets of activity mm. you know well it's something that would fascinate me for sure mm. and we'll definitely get involved and link uh, okay, to good. you and you good. know that uh, Linda and I want to come down and film yeah. Down yeah. your place yeah. so <laughs> we'll do fun. that come mm. the new season I think <laughs> yeah. and uh, we enjoyed it when we went to Royal Cannon's premises so it, you know it's nice to just you know you hear the voices yeah. to actually see the people and get that visual insight into mm. what your world is yeah. so yeah. Well, you mentioned social media, and it kind of ties in with our first story this morning when it comes to Animal House News. So, Animal News. Ah, this is a difficult one. I have to say, this story, I've been watching it and following it over the last few days on social media and in the media uh, generally. Um, here's the headline uh, coming out from just... Uh, just, just uh, earlier in the early hours of this morning thousands of dogs and thousands of dogs and cats slaughtered in china festival despite government promises to crack down this is the yulin festival in china it's celebrating the summer solstice it's part of their culture if you like and it's to do with eating meat and they eat dog and that's not really the issue that i have it was more the visuals that i saw of how these cats and dogs were one taken because some of them were pets apparently and how they're kept and how they're slaughtered mm. it's mm. pretty disturbing visuals to mm. see and to read about it mm. yeah it is um i've you know i've been aware of that practice that goes on in china and in such countries for quite a number of years i remember being horrified at, at about the age of 12 figuring out that this sort of thing went on and um the thing is it's it's it, you know culturally i think people have a choice to eat what meat they want um but there's definitely an ethical question about uh, the humane handling of animals and which dog- goes and beyond dogs and cats absolutely it's a global issue. yes it, it's a global issue and the thing is because obviously beef and chicken are much more widely uh, consumed worldwide and in first world countries as well you've got you know when when i was studying to be a vet we obviously learn about uh, abattoirs and things like that and there's very strict rules and regulations in place and the top ones the well you know monitored ones they can't do a better job of being more humane you know um but in lesser countries or, or lesser areas where abattoirs are sort of there just to, to, to process meat, you do get a lot of a lot of inhumane practices happening. And, and this is how I feel about this thing, is that, you know, these dogs are often squashed into very tiny crates, so are the cats. They're very, very sensitive animals, so that also isn't taken into account. Um, and uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's pretty upsetting to see, um, mm. you know, and to try and look at the whole thing in perspective is difficult if you have to try and pull your emotions out of it. Let me just share a bit more of the story, get a bit more background on this so um, officially 10,000 dogs and 4,000 cats were killed in 2014 but the duo duo estimates the figure at around 40,000 dogs and 10,000 cats now in March a head of Yulin's Food and Drug Administration reinstated that the government did not endorse the festival the slaughter of cats and dogs for meat is not outlawed in China food safety regulators have increasingly spoken out about the health risks many of the meat dogs in the country are stolen pets and strays according to an investigation published this month by Hong Kong-based charity Animals Asia. Uh, the festival was started by the city's dog meat traders in 2009-2010. Uh, so it is part of their you know, landscape and at this time of year, summer solstice, and it's, they eat the meat with uh, you know, the certain fruits of, and and so that's fine you know the lychee and all of that so okay but it is as you said when you see and read about how the animals are contained how they are caught and also how they are killed so many of them are skinned alive 
mm. um, they're to get the texture of the meat they are torched as well to get a shine on the meat this is all in the news wire so this is in the independent I'm looking at here I'm also looking at the Guardian newspaper out the UK so and also as I said all over the social media so where I'm getting to with this story is what's interesting is that the that social media has embraced it harnessed it and to be honest i didn't know anything about this festival and i probably wouldn't know anything about it if it wasn't for social media bringing it to my attention so it just goes to show good or bad how social media has opened up the world yeah there's a number of interesting subjects around it including how we feel about uh dogs and cats being used for food uh how we feel about uh, the cultural differences between uh you know east and west and different perspectives on what can be and what can't be in the impact of social media it's it's kind of a very uh high impact story in those ways it was quite interesting though that um you know social me- media is actually not available in the in the in that country though so there's a big stink around outside where it's happening but there's but not, not much create yeah. not much awareness created within yeah. and Although also protesters did get in definitely yes yeah. and, and 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 um, there, there was obviously apparently the the people that were slaughtering the animals were quite ready to have a fight as well because from their perspective they're very poor and it's their only form of income That's and it's right. their only livelihood. So, yes. you know, what is a person in that position going to do as well? So it's it's a highly uh, highly charged subject for sure. I, I'm going to I'm going to play the radio host at the moment. I'd be very interested to know if our listeners are interested in letting us know um, how many people out there are offended simply by the fact that dogs and cats are being used for food. Um, for, okay. me, for me, this is, this is really a central uh, topic because we obviously eat animals of all kinds for food, um, but we would regard dogs and cats as somehow sacred and outside And, and, and didn't that. you notice there in that article, they, they in, in some <coughs> parts of China, they're substituting the dogs and cats with donkey meat? Hmm. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's but also, I mean, what, why a donkey? What appears <laughs> to be happening in China is that they're, you know, because the tradition of eating dogs and cats goes back centuries. Mm. So mm. what appears to be happening is some kind of cultural change, which probably can be attributed to some extent to globalization and social media and the fact That's that right, we're all aware possibly. of each other. Yes, so, true. so if there is an internal cultural change, what, what we're dealing with now is a long-established culture, uh, older generations, businesses, yeah. etc., that are all established to do things the way it has they, always, always been, been done. done. And I would, be, you know. I would hesitate to actually pass judgment on that because it's not of, not of my culture. Yeah. Mm. And, and I, you know, I don't... I Actually, that, interestingly, it wasn't really about the idea that they were eating the animals that offended me or upset yeah, it me. Was it was how it was, how it was exactly. being done. And that's and unequivocally, obviously yeah, terrible. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but it is a good point because, you know, even that, who are we to say about how things are done in another country? Um, well, so I, would, I would disagree with that because I, I think, uh, you know, I think the idea that when in Rome, you know, do as the Romans do, that old expression, I think it's a, I think it's a well-intended spre- expression, but not... Uh, not a very m- meaningful or, or truthful one. I think, I think it is true to say that there are certain universalities that we should, as human beings across the world, no matter where we live, no matter what our culture is, uh, see and do uh, things in certain basic ways. So I think we would all agree that anyone anywhere on the planet that decided that they were going to walk through a brick wall would not be able to do it. It's an absolute. Well, um, it's a good point, isn't it? And so I'd like to know your thoughts on 4001 because, you know, you may disagree, you may 
may agree. Let us know your thoughts. And I think it's the same uh, thing when it comes to looking at um, how practices are in other countries. And other people will also say, again, well all right about the the animals but what about children what about human beings so you know when you're looking at the huge amount of activism around this and how protesters have come together and how people have really activated through social media with a petition to get this festival banned and the practices banned um it just says here an unprecedented global social media campaign and uh, you're looking at twitter hashtag Stop Yulin 2015 being used hundreds of thousands of times this year as a Facebook group as well. Um, you've got Ricky Gervais, the comedian and actor from the UK behind this campaign. So, uh, yeah, it is uh, an interesting one. It is a sensitive one. Let us know your thoughts when we come back. We'll discuss it more and give you more of our news stories. So stay with us. Call the show with your question, 04-423-1010, or SMS 4001, or interact via our smartphone app. And Dr. Lucinda Natras from DKC Veterinary Clinic and Todd Carson, Managing Partner of Dubai Kennels and Cattery. They're here to take your questions on 4001, or you can call us 04-423-1010. Any issues to do with your pet or animal, uh, if you want to get involved in our discussion this morning as well. And before we get back into discussions, um, the JW Marit Marquis Iftar. They have a lovely Iftar, and Dubai Eye are going to be there on June the 27th. And we'd like to invite two of you with your plus ones to join join us at table it's our way of saying thank you to our listeners and so if you're available and you'd like to join us for iftar then just text in iftar to 4001 what's the animal so the time has come for clue number one to our mystery animal competition to go into the draw to win a two-month supply of pet food thanks to royal cannon and todd is our keeper of the clue i'm very excited (laughs) so This animal roams the savannah and light woodlands of eastern and southern Africa. In the rainy season, when food is plentiful, they may gather in large herds of several hundred animals to feed on grasses, herbs, bushes, shrubs, and shoots. Herds offer protection from predators such as lions. When this animal is alert, it will bark out an alarm that puts the entire herd to flight. And when this animal flees, it is no easy prey. An epic clue there, (laughs) 4001, if you think you know what that animal is, with your name to go into the draw, you can win a two-month supply of pet food thanks to Royal Cannon. Let's take a look at our news stories. We've been having a look at the Yulin Festival in China, where thousands of cats and dogs have been slaughtered for as part of this uh, festival, which is, you know, they eat dog meat. It's not outlawed in this part of China. Um, Some people might have an issue about the fact that they're eating meat that is from a dog or a cat that's up to you let us know thoughts 4001 um some of the the footage has been really quite disturbing in fact i have to say there have been times that i really couldn't look mm. at the, the photos i certainly couldn't look at the video footage um animals that were still alive that were strung up and being skinned and just you know all sorts of things But also coming out of this story, and as we've said, there's a lot of complexities to it, is uh, a journalist that writes for The Independent. And he's 
talking and writing about how seeing the footage from the Yulin Festival, how much is too much in putting out video footage. He says it's different when you watch a film to looking at a photograph. And he was saying it's a journalist's responsibility to tell the story. But others might argue that it's just too upsetting. And because, again, with social media and the access, people are putting up footage for everyone to see. So thoughts on that? I don't know for you in the industry. Is it something that bothers you or not? Um, hmm. It, it, well, me personally, it bothers because I, I don't like looking at images like that at all, and I do my best to avoid them. Um, so from a personal perspective, I would rather not see it. I think possibly uh, the fact that they are there is a good thing in terms of creating awareness, as long as it's not too sensationalist. And also, you know, it's, it's got, it's got to be carefully controlled as well. I mean, if I was eight or nine years old and I happened to come across those images, I'd probably be fairly traumatized, you know. Mm. You, you And... and and with social media, let's face it, it's quite available to everyone in the fi- family and the household. So, you know, I would have no problem with, with my children looking at it as long as I was present to talk them through it and their feelings. But I also wouldn't want to have terrifying images just sort of readily available to people that perhaps don't understand them and are going to be upset. So Yeah, I, I'm, I'm afraid I don't agree with any of that. <laughs> okay, that's all right. You don't have to. Uh, I mean, I, I think... I think I think the, I, for me, the most important thing that Lucinda has said and that you have said is that uh, it is it is something that affects you in a personal way, and you make a personal choice about that. Um, you know, this is a much bigger subject than anything to do with animals or veterinary or boarding or transportation. So it's 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 possible we shouldn't uh, consider ourselves in in some sort of right to talk about it. Uh, I know, but it's out there in the media, so anyone can talk about Uh, it. No, 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 all I mean to say is that we're in no way experts on this, you know, it's very very much about a personal opinion, but, um, you know, uh, my personal view is that they're ultimately, although in the short term you can control information, ultimately you cannot control it, and I think the attempt to control it is, 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 is not really dealing with the realities, and I think that instead of attempting to control the availability of this information, we we seem we simply need to be doing our best with it as it exists, and that means doing things like being with our kids if possible, but not expecting to be able to uh, control that. They're going to see it whether we're with them or, or not. And I think I think the best thing that can be done uh, is what is often done by responsible uh, providers of news, and that is that before they show you certain pictures mm-hmm. or videos, have warning, they yeah. have a warning saying this could really be upsetting, so make a choice. Mm, yeah, um, lots of people texting in on this topic when it comes to the idea of uh, eating the dog and cats and Kevin good morning to Kevin saying um, although I don't agree that the methods being used to kill these dogs are acceptable it is somewhat hypocritical that many of people complaining are meat fish poultry eaters and maybe you need to consider the methods of killing of how those animals are being killed in some countries um, as well mm. probably yeah. possibly just as primitive so there's a point made by Kevin yeah. um, somebody else says what about the 30 billion land animals we kill each year are they not important yeah. Uh, there is no such thing as humane killing. That's mm. debatable. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely debatable. I, I think the central point is a good point. Yes. Um, it's, it's, <coughs> it's similar to what Kevin was saying. Uh, uh, I think there is a, a, it's a different subject about whether or not we should be eating meat at all. But, uh, yeah, it's it's difficult subject, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, somebody is saying, I love this debate and the disagreement. 
good. We're glad you're enjoying that. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Just so you know, Todd and I disagree a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, I imagine, do you, do you take it home with you? Because they're married, in case you didn't know it. Todd and Lucinda are married, so I imagine... Uh, of course we take it home. I yeah. mean, but... But we don't regard the disagreements as being something that's uh, somehow uh, an unhappy thing. Absolutely, it, yeah, it, yeah. We we happily disagree. Yeah. We happily well, we disagree, <laughs> and then we and then we go to bed and we cuddle at night, and that's all that's important. <laughs> um, somebody here is saying, Jack is saying, it's not about whether it's dogs or cats, but it's about the humane culling of animals, be it cows, chickens, whatever um, that is. It's about mm. being responsible, and it's about being humane. So it's a very good point made yeah. there as well. Yeah. 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 Um, just to quickly come back to round off a little bit with regards to how the stories are told and, you know, with some of the film footage and with the the writer from The Independent uh, reporting on this, Will Gore, um, he's the deputy managing editor of The Independent and The Independent on Sunday and The Evening Standard from the UK. Um, he's saying, uh, just to give you an idea, he suggests the coverage from Yulin where you are seeing a dog held aloft and he's alive, clamped by its neck at the end of a pole that's the meat seller doing that um, a reader argued that it was a step too far that it would sicken all bar those who get, get a kick from being cruel to animals but that is rather the point we felt the image brought home the horror in a way that was important and legitimate in exposing a controversial trade another story that did the rounds last week was about an incident at an alligator farm in Peru where one sick individual threw a cat into a gator filled pond with inevitable consequences this is according to Will Gore and he's saying this uh, being 2015, the incident was filmed and uploaded to YouTube, not by a shocked passerby wishing to highlight the cruelty, but by a friend of the cat thrower capturing the fun for posterity. Animal rights groups and thousands of individuals deplored the episode. A report on the Independence website described in horrified reaction alongside the grainy image. But he says, but... We are not without culpability here because we too have posted up videos on through our uh, online uh, site and have had to take them down because we've realised that they're just too disturbing. So it's for everybody, whether you're in media, whoever you are, to like you said, Todd, as well, you know, have some sense. It's your personal choice, but have some sense and responsibility of what yeah. your actions are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, lots of texts coming in. We'll share more of these when we come back. Um, yeah, keep them coming in. Four zero zero one. And remember, Todd and Lucinda are here as well to offer advice. So uh, <laughs> uh, I know they're uh, interesting news stories this morning. But yeah, if you have got a pet or an animal and you're looking for some help with regards to their uh, health needs or indeed looking at uh, boarding or transportation, then that's the text number four zero zero one. Call the show with your question, 04-423-1010, or SMS 4001, or interact via our smartphone app. Yes, indeed, and we've got Dr. Lucinda Natras from DKC Veterinary Clinic and Todd Carson, Managing Partner of Dubai Kennels and Cattery, on hand to take your calls on 4001, that's the text number, or 04423-1010. And uh, actually, one gentleman has called us this morning regarding his golden retriever, so we'll uh, have a look at that in a moment. But we need to give you... What's the animal? Clue number two to our mystery animal competition to go into the draw to win a two-month supply of pet food, thanks to Royal Cannon. And Todd's our keeper of the clues today. And here we go. This animal is a fleet runner and is able to leap distances of up to 10 meters. 
They use this technique to escape predators and sometimes, apparently, simply to amuse themselves, as do I. Um, <laughs> the mystery animal can also clear bushes and other obstacles by soaring some three meters in the air. Typically, as this animal runs, it will simply jump over anything in its path. Well, many of you have been texting in this morning, and just to quickly have a look, I can tell you that um, it's not a buffalo. Um, <laughs> and pretty agile buffalo. A very agile <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> and it's not a wildebeest either, mm. uh, or antelope. Got to be more specific. Yeah, more specific. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, keep guessing, 4001. And uh, let's have a look at this uh, phone call that came in from Matt. And he's got a two-year-old golden retriever who's been constantly scratching uh, for six months. Now, this is in line, actually, with our topic today, which is about if you've got a pet that's got a recurring problem, you've maybe had to go to the vet more than once, but it's either not gone away or it keeps coming back. So do let us know about that on 4001. Now, Matt says the only thing that seems to work for his two-year-old golden retriever is uh, um, is a steroid. Scratching is a steroid, and she's been on steroids all this time. Um, she has a low thyroid count and has never come into season. She's on medication for that also. So there's two problems, the constant scratching and never coming into season. Oh, well, there's quite a couple of issues there, um, and um, it's definitely a very good question relating to our topic of diseases that don't go away. Um, if we just had to look at the scratching on its own, um, allergies, skin allergies in dogs and cats are very common um, and actually very common in the UAE. And um, an allergy, unfortunately, uh, unless you can be lucky enough to actually find the source or figure out a way of managing it, it's a problem that needs managing. So it's going to be ever present as long as the animal is exposed to the thing that's causing it to scratch. And usually those things are a combination of things in the air like pollens or grasses or molds or even things in the diet. So that there's going to be no quick fix for that, I have to say. And um, steroids aren't, being on steroids permanently definitely is not a good idea because obviously there's side effects involved. So um, I would, you know, question your vet carefully about uh, ways that you can manage the actual scratching better there are other drugs there are other um, uh, things that you can do to try and keep the itching of your dog to a threshold that is causing her no major discomfort or you any discomfort doesn't always have to be steroids sometimes yes but then there are other very expensive medications unfortunately available that can help counter that The low thyroid count I find interesting. Um, An underactive thyroid dog is definitely predisposed to skin problems. So if the thyroid is not under control, you're not going to get the skin under control. However, having said that, there are tests for thyroids and there are tests for thyroids. Some tests will erroneously tell you that the thyroid is low and you might need to use other tests to actually get your finger completely on that diagnosis. So you need to have a conversation with your vet about that as well. Um, If she's on medication for the thyroid, the thyroid should be being monitored and it should be seen to be improving on the medication or the dose needs to be changed. Why hasn't she come into season? It could be linked to the steroids. It could be linked to the thyroid. It could be completely separate. But if, she, if, you, if you've had her since she's a puppy and you're sure she hasn't been spayed, it's possible that sterilizing her actually is the next step because that can help with allergies as well and can link into the thyroid problem too. So she has a multitude of issues. And um, I think that 
these all need to be carefully addressed and to all tied in together with the treatment plan going forward. Yeah, and I think li- if you're likely interrelated, you would d- think, they right? definitely are interrelated, yeah. and it's and it's something that needs to be handled as one big picture. So. Uh, you know, chat to your vet about it and um, if you feel you're not getting any joy then possibly even go for a second opinion because this is definitely not a simple cut and dried case. So on the topic of recurring issues, health <coughs> issues in pets, um, whether it's recurring or it's something that won't go away, yeah. um, what are the most sort of common conditions that you see where that might happen? Well, I think probably the most common and most frustrating one are skin allergies or some manif- manifestation of that. Uh, chronic ear infections, for example, are an issue we're constantly having to deal with, and that's usually just an extension of a skin allergy. Um, a lot of the times, uh, I think there's a, a combination of factors the owners don't fully understand the problem the vet is not completely communicating the problem and there's a a failure on each side to take responsibility for what is going on if you if your dog has a a real skin allergy and it's been worked up correctly and everything has been done to try and and mitigate it as much much as possible the end of the day is your dog has a chronic problem and there's no magic bullet no vet on earth is going to be able to give you a miracle cure or fix and it has to be managed just like your child has to be managed if it has asthma epilepsy is something that's also not not going to go away. Diabetes and dogs is something that's not going to go away. So just like people, dogs and cats get chronic conditions that need management. However, having said that, often, you know, if you have a problem that isn't, doesn't fall into the chronic category and it keeps recurring, it's possible that the diagnosis has been incorrect. And then you need to go and seek a second opinion because sometimes just another perspective, a different look at it can actually solve a problem. I think one of the one of the great difficulties for human health or animal health, whatever it is, you know, you go to someone and you want to trust them, right? And and they're doing, in most cases, absolutely their best for you, but the diagnosis may not be correct. And, and um, you know, how you deal with that, I mean, then you think, right, now i got to go see another doctor, mm. go through the whole process again. And, and all spend the, more money and, and all repeat the expense, all the tests. Yep. Uh, and it, and it, is, it is really a truly big deal, but I, I have to... Uh, put out there to you, those of you who are interested, that if you do have ongoing problems and and even though your vet may have given you a diagnosis, there's something that's telling you it's not quite getting resolved somehow. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of begging you, go seek a second opinion. Yeah, yeah I mean, second opinions are important. I mean, I, I seek second opinions for my health and my children's health. And I never seek it in a way that I'm not satisfied with my doctor. I will go and seek it. And if another doctor confirms it, well, I'm happy and I'll carry on with the first doctor. Yeah. It's not always about not, yes. you know, it's not always a criticism. And I think that, um, you know, vets need to take it that way as well. I mean, the best doctors will, I I have seen and I personally believe that the best doctors in any field will encourage you to seek a second opinion, particularly the more difficult or contentious the diagnosis might be. What I've found, well, there's two things, actually. Doing the health show on a Tuesday, and we've talked about this a lot over the years, that uh, you are uh, imparting and trusting in somebody else. Of course, you're talking about your own health or your child's health, um, but it's okay as a patient um, to ask questions, and if you're not sure about anything, and it's okay to challenge as well. And it's the same, surely, when you take your 
your animal to a a vet it's okay for you to ask questions and to say I'm not happy or I'm not sure I I like it when somebody does that if someone sits there and doesn't say anything I I can't imagine what's going on in their head Mm. and I feel and it's not not an open dialogue then Mm. and you can't actually solve the problem so Mm. you you must absolutely ask questions one of the best and worst things uh, in this area is is the existence of Google Um, because Dr. Google yes my my favorite (laughs) on, on the negative side obviously you know even if you're reading the right information on Google, and that's not always true, uh, you know, you, don't, you lack the education to assimilate, right, and to really fully understand it. That's the worst case scenario. But the best case scenario is that I know Lucinda is frequently faced with people who have really done some research. Absolutely. And they're asking wonderfully yeah. Mm. appropriate questions I've yeah. sometimes sat there going oh I feel like I'm in my final year exam again and <laughs> people will you know laugh and you know you, you just it, it is important to be informed the, yeah. the big difference is that an animal can't speak so I, when right. I, and I've had this experience when I've had you know over the years when I've had to take a, a sick pet to a vet uh, particularly I remember my cat in London when I lived in London I had to take it to the vet and uh, and there's uh, you'll tell me better Lucinda but you know you start with the, the, the symptoms and then you, there's a process you kind of go through and so you may not get the right answer immediately and there if, might be uh, a series absolutely. of events you have to go through if they're not yeah. it's a yes. bit trial and error because you can only go on what's showing itself they can't tell you how they're feeling yeah, and, you, and you have to sort of put aside the inclination to uh, uh, expect your doctor to just know you yeah. know because it sometimes I mean Lucinda will frequently say to, if, to I had, our, if I had a crystal ball yeah. I'd be able to tell you and, you and know, she admits I, when she doesn't know you yeah. know I I have to look into this. I just don't know right now. So it takes a process. It does. It does. Well, if this is something you've experienced or you're experiencing at the moment, you've got a pet where you keep having to go back to the vet or there's a problem that keeps recurring or it's just not going away, let us know about it on 4001. Now, keeper of the clues, Mr. Todd, Uh, I think we can squeeze our third and final clue in. I'm pretty sure that this is... What's the animal? (laughs) Um, okay, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm all of these things, right? I Just jump, get I on jump with 10 it. Meters, Just get I'm, on with I, it. I, I eat bushes. <laughs> all right. The third clue. This graceful animal is known for its long spiral. See what I mean? Long spiral horns. Exactly. No. This, this graceful animal is known for its long spiral horns, which males use to challenge each other in tests of strength. I, now that sounds like me. <laughs> the older males stake out mating territories and herd groups of females that they jealously guard against any rivals. During this exhausting mating period, the male must fight off challengers, herd his females, and mate with them. Unsuccessful bids to take over a male's territory usually end with the loser retreating to join a bachelor herd. Females typically. That's what I congratulate Sally, our producer today, for the clues. clues. Uh, really? Epic story. Wow, amazing. There's one more paragraph. Shall I go? It's pretty, okay. it's pretty sad. It's quite, quite awesome. Hard really. laugh for these I guys. I feel very bad for the loser. Uh, females typically give birth about seven months after they mate, usually to a single offspring. Both mother and baby join a herd of females and offspring within a few days. Call the show with your question, 04-423-1010, or SMS 4001, or interact via our smartphone app. Taking a look at um, some of the other news stories that caught our eye, and uh, this is a this is a nice story. Well, it's an interesting story, I think. So, 
Hey Diddle Diddle, why is this cat a riddle? And again, all over uh, the print and on social media, Puss in Boots will travel the globe-trotting cat, which has somehow made its way from Australia to Northern Ireland via London. And I thought, and I actually um, contact, I, I wanted to put this on the Animal House because we're a transient community. And I was thinking, you never know, Aussie's owners may be here. You never know. Uh, <laughs> so he was, uh, they know that he uh, was residing in um Australia because he has a he has a chip you know he's been uh, microchipped and so they also know that he's 25 years of age he's ginger um, they've named him Aussie but they found he was mi- microchipped in Sydney in 2000 and the data also showed he turned up in 2004 as a stray at a vet clinic in London now the race is on to find his original owners after he's um, now his kidneys sadly are failing so do you know Aussie do you know his real name was Tigger but uh, he's been renamed Ozzy, and he looks such a lovely boy, I have to say. I'm looking at the pictures <clears throat> of him. Um, but what a, what a story, really. It is. It's an amazing story. It also shows you the power of the microchip, especially if it's connected to a good database, you know, where you can search and find internationally records, you know, linked to a number. But, um, yeah, I want to know how he got from London to Ireland. Because, I mean, you know, he was obviously shipped from Australia, right, to London and then got out. But I wonder how he got from London to Ireland. No idea. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's an amazing story, though. He's clearly a wanderer, is Ozzy. And a survivor. Absolutely. 25. My goodness me. I mean, they can get into anything, right? So, you know, he may have jumped on a truck and ferried across or into a plane cargo hold without somebody noticing. It's I don't know. It could be anything. Yeah. Maybe he was trying to get back to the home country. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But Maybe I mean, he's trying to get back down under. What <laughs> <laughs> went wrong? W- was that your Australian accent? No, it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I think apart from our dear colleague Justine upstairs, whose cat sadly passed away recently, but oh. um, she was about 22, I think. I can't wow. remember. That's quite so I've innings. never known a cat of 25 years of age. Yeah, the, the oldest that I've come across is 22. Mm. Yeah, but um, and that was even a hard to believe. But 25, wow, I mean, you know, if, if he's been chipped and they've got the, the proof, it m- must be true. Yeah, and um, what they're saying is he's, he's really, f- um, you know, he's affectionate, he's clearly been owned. He was a stray that wandered in and got picked up and taken to this vet's in, uh, in Northern Ireland, and he was very dehydrated and he was, you know, hungry, but still affectionate, but his, his kidneys are failing. And just to explain that a little bit, Dr. Lucinda. Yeah, well, kidney failure is a, a, one of the most common problems with cats. When they get older, they get some called chronic kidney failure which means the kidneys slowly over a period of time start to reduce in function and um, you know signs are weight loss uh, going off their food drinking more water urinating more and to be quite honest if if Aussie is 25 you know something is going to fail and I'm not surprised that it's his kidneys because you know it's a very 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 common problem with old and aging cats Mm, and uh, but it also makes me think that the fact he's lived to be 25, that maybe being on the street mm. wasn't such a bad thing. I don't know. But yeah, uh, I hope he, he gets lots of love and cuddles in yeah. his sort of, you know, final chapter. But if you were living in Australia and you had a ginger cat. Called Tigger. About, you know, 20 <laughs> odd years ago. <laughs> called Tigger. 
he's turned up in Northern Ireland and they've renamed him Ozzy. So uh, connect with them, find out, and, uh, you know, you might have a nice reunion. Yeah. Who knows? Wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it? It for would him? be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, questions coming in on pet health and um, actually coming back on the recurring problems. And somebody here saying, I took my dog to the vet to, he's, to have, basically to have a tooth removed, but he had three teeth, back teeth removed. Um, and that was about a year ago. But I'm looking at his mouth and it's this, the rest of the teeth are looking re- in really bad form. Um, I've been doing what I was supposed to do. He has chews. You know, I try and make sure that his teeth are in good nick, but it's not working. So is this something common? Very, very, very common. And um, it's great that you've been doing what you meant to do. But no matter what you do, you, your pet's going to require regular dental cleaning. You know, once the, the, the plaque starts building up... Um, you, there's a, the only way to get it off is to have them scaled and polished. And the whole idea of it is to try and get that done fairly regularly so you avoid actual tooth loss. Annually, right? Um, well, it depends on the animal. But, you know, an, an older dog or cat that's had their teeth cleaned and is prone to periodontal disease, I'd say a yearly cleaning is probably ideal. Um, and um, it, it's an ongoing management thing. You know, short of not having teeth, it's a problem that's just not going to go away. Um, are, are some, and it's going to sound a funny question, but are some dogs more susceptible than others as in is it just to do with the diet or, or why, uh, there's, why definitely, do some there's definitely a breed predilections you know we see these tiny little dogs like yorkies and toy poms and chihuahuas that have awful mouths you know um, i'm sure it's related firstly to the way their mouth is actually formed and structured um as well as the diet yes and they, they, they i believe i mean there's absolutely i don't know if i'm right but i believe there must be a genetic tendency as well because you know we see it in cats too certain breeds of cats seem to be more predisposed to inflamed gums and, and we see it diseases in associated with that mm-hmm. and you see it in humans i mean some people really struggle with periodontal disease and it's no matter how much they brush no matter what they do they've still got an issue look look years years ago uh, i was one of those people who thought Geez, what do you what do you mean what do you mean cleaning their teeth? What do you mean brushing their teeth? Give me give me a break. I thought, uh, and I was really in utter ignorance. I have to say, um, you know, my thinking was, what do you need to do that with animals for? They don't brush their teeth out in the wild, do they? But but they're not in the wild. The fact is, and and they also ha- live longer now. And they than live they longer now, and they're ago. under our care, and they're eating uh, diets that are not necessarily uh, what they were when they were in the wild. So, uh, you know, the 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 evidence is in. I've seen too much evidence where where really if you're if you're going to have a pet you need to get your pet in for dental cleaning and uh and to keep it up you know and i had this with my dog and i found it quite stressful actually when he was having his his teeth cleaned well, it is stressful because yeah. it's an anesthetic you know, yeah. you, they, you can't ask them to sit in the chair and open wide, you know, they have to be anaesthetized. So there's all that to consider with it. That obviously adds to the cost of the whole thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, st- stressful procedures can be minimized um, if you, you know, talk to your vet about it and come up with a plan. You know, not, not every animal is the same. Some animals need to be handled differently as well. But, um, you know, really bad rank breath in an older dog, and there's, there's just infection there mm. waiting to happen, and, mm. you know. It's, it's better to get it taken care of. And y- you need to do that, go through that process as opposed to going to, I mean, I think some of the pet shops and that will Well, they say their teeth, they, but they're, they're, they're not cleaning the teeth, mm. they're just brushing the teeth. Mm. And that's fine, but that's not going to get rid of that yeah, you know brown, you, you know grey plaque that you see. You the dentist and you're getting, the, the, de- the, the dentist is using the... Uh, Scaler and a polisher. Oh, I was there the yesterday afternoon. Yes. It's exactly it's the exactly same thing. It's exactly what I had done It's exactly okay. the same machine, actually. It's exactly is the same it? machine. Yeah. Yeah. I've been tempted to use equipment. it on myself, but obviously yeah. I haven't. <laughs> you should always get told that. Yeah. 
yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it, it, really is the sa- it really is the same process. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to me. Uh, it's been eye-opening, in fact, since we opened the clinic, how many... How many uh, extractions are having to be done on animals that are coming in? Because it's now past the point where cleaning can recover from a situation. Mm. So now extractions are having to be done. And then you just see the enormous difference in the happiness and well-being of the animal. Because they're suddenly no longer in pain that you didn't even realize that they were feeling. In suddenly the they're place. no longer pain. They, 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 they have their yeah. teeth pulled. They're eating. And they're happy and they're comfortable. And and then what teeth are left really need to be cleaned on a regular basis. We are out of time. Thank you very much for all your messages today and to Dr. Lucinda Natras of DKC Veterinary Clinic and Todd Carson, Managing Partner of Dubai Kennels and Cattery, DKC Veterinary Clinic at Motor City. Um, The answer and the reveal of our mystery animal, it is indeed... The donkey. (laughs) No, and say say it properly as well. The Impala. That's right.